0: This episode of On the Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2. We are in Chapter 18 of John's Gospel, and verse by verse, we are following in Jesus' footsteps as He enters into that period known as the Passion. It's not just getting excited and emotion. The passion has to do with his suffering and death for our sake, for the redemption of humanity. And in our last program, Jesus was arrested, or in the process of being arrested, in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's here at Gethsemane that the passion begins. And it's at Calvary, less than 24 hours later, That the Passion ends. The Passion begins in a garden, and it actually ends in a garden, because, according to John's account, where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. Today, we consider that garden as what is called the Garden Tomb. And we'll learn more about that as we go along. But our lesson is called, To the High Priest's Palace, and it's based on John chapter 18, verses 12 to 18. So with that, let's read a little bit of the account. Verse 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest, and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. So what is this about? Well, even though we read that all of the disciples of Jesus forsook him and fled, some probably just fled out the scene altogether, but in the case of Peter and this unnamed disciple, they stayed close behind. They wanted to see what was going to happen to Jesus. And in the case of the unnamed disciple, he would follow Jesus all the way to the cross. Now, we believe this unnamed disciple happens to be John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. But in humility, even though he's writing about himself, he doesn't name himself. He just wants to be known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And, of course, love was not just the message of Jesus, it was also the message of John. Beloved, let us love one another. In fact, he says it in 1 John chapter 4. So, with this in mind, what can we expect in this particular lesson? Jesus is going to go from Gethsemane, the place of his arrest, to the high priest's palace. No, he's not going to be entertained lavishly as some honored guest. No, he is considered a criminal, a renegade, a rebel, and he's going to have a hearing. Maybe we can even call it a trial. It'll happen in the middle of the night because they want to act quickly. It's Passover time, after all, and they will don't want to arouse the interest of the crowd because Jerusalem would not be its normal size during Passover. It would swell much bigger than what it is because of the Jewish pilgrims coming from all over the country and indeed some of them coming from the dispersion, also known as the Diaspora. So because there was a big crowd, and Jesus was popular with the crowd, what they needed to do, they had to do quickly. And that meant instead of waiting for a normal sane time to have the trial, they did it at night in the palace of the high priest. So Jesus will be there Peter will be there, and John will be there. We're going to learn about Caiaphas and Annas. We're going to learn about Peter and his denials. Because Peter, of course, is going to deny Jesus three times, as Jesus himself prophesied. I want to read to you the entire portion from John 18, verses 12 to 18. Our lesson is called, to the high priest's palace, based on John chapter 18, verses 12 to 18. Friends, let's listen carefully to God's word, which begins at Gethsemane and ends at the high priest's palace. Verse 12. Then the band and the captain of officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest, and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them, and warmed himself." Our reading is from John 18, verses 12 to 18. And our lesson is called, To the High Priest's Palace. So let's get some background here to understand what happened to Jesus, because every detail is there for a reason. I don't claim that we're going to cover every single detail, or that we will cover every detail exhaustively, but we will go through this verse by verse to put together the picture of what Jesus endured for our sake. His passion was for us to be redeemed and reconciled to God. So let's put the background. Jesus is being arrested at the Garden of Gethsemane. He had had the Last Supper up on Mount Zion. If you could imagine Jerusalem, the old city, like a square. To the south of the old city is Mount Zion. To the East of the Old City is the Valley of Kidron or of Jehoshaphat. Slightly east of that is the Mount of Olives. So the Kidron Valley is between the Old City of Jerusalem to the west and the Mount of Olives to the east. And it runs, in a sense, north and south. Gethsemane is in the Valley of Kidron, near the foot of the Mount of Olives. And it's a very popular place for today's Christian pilgrims to walk from the top of the Mount of Olives. And in fact, before you even begin the descent, it's always good to have a group photo because you have the dramatic backdrop of the city of Jerusalem behind you. But then you descend the Mount of Olives on the Palm Sunday Road, and there you'll find the place called Dominus Flevit, which is Latin for the Lord wept, a beautiful teardrop-shaped church to remind us of how Jesus saw the city of Jerusalem and wept because he knew that they would reject him and they would pay a very high price for that rejection. Far from saying, I told you so, Jesus wept. Hence the name Dominus Flevit, the Lord wept. And then further down the road is the Garden of Gethsemane, a quiet place, a place that is isolated enough that you can have some time alone. And this is rather important because Jerusalem was a very, very crowded city. Here Jesus is arrested and now he returns or is about to return back to Mount Zion because that's where the high priest lived, in a palace. And in the palace, the Jewish council known as the Sanhedrin was going to meet so they could basically have a hearing, but basically... The judgment had already been determined. They wanted to condemn Jesus, but they needed to do so procedurally because the plan was have him condemned by the Sanhedrin, but since they had themselves no authority to execute anyone, they had to hand him over to the Romans. But they just couldn't hand him over and say, execute this guy, we don't like him. They had to have a proper reason. Hence, that's why they had the Sanhedrin hearing they needed to formulate the reason so that they could give him to the Romans and then they would be justified in crucifying him. So let's go through this summary again in another angle. We're at Gethsemane. Jesus has just been arrested. His followers would lose all heart and begin to scatter for the purpose of avoiding arrest, even though it was Jesus alone that was the center of attention the clouds of darkness begin to gather over the righteous Son of God. He would face what is arguably the greatest miscarriage of justice in human history. An innocent, righteous, holy man is being executed like a common criminal. Here in verse 12 of John 18, Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. In this verse, Jesus was taken and basically treated like a very, very evil person. From Gethsemane, he would be led away by the chief priests' officers and soldiers to the chief priests themselves, so they could try and condemn him to death. His sentence was already predetermined. The actual trial... Was a mere formality. The destination was the palace of the high priest. But Jesus would be the guest not for hospitality, he would be the high priest's guest for condemnation. Now, if you ever visit Jerusalem, there is a special place called St. Peter in Galicantu. Galicantu is where the rooster crows. And so, That's what the the actual church means. It's a Catholic church, Assumptionist Fathers, built almost 100 years ago. Very, very magnificent. And it's on the reputed site of the high priest's palace. And so this beautiful building, multi-storied, sits on ruins of a courtyard. By the church are ancient steps, considered to be holy steps, the steps that Jesus used to go up and down the Mount Zion. But there's more. Inside the church is also a scourging room. You can see the pillars there with the places where they put the ropes through to to hide the prisoners. Below are basins where you can put the salted water and therefore uh, put the whip in the salted water and then whip the back of the prisoner if he already had open sores. It would sting all the more and there's something else to visit the cistern cisterns were man-made storage compartments for rainwater that could double up as a prison and so this particular cistern used in the Old Testament time no doubt but then converted to civilian use in the New Testament because they had aqueducts to bring water from afar by the time of Jesus so it's possible Like Jeremiah of old, Jesus was kept in a cistern before being sent to Pontius Pilate. It's a great place to visit, St. Peter in Galicantu. In verse 13, it talks about Annas, the father-in-law of the high priest Caiaphas. The latter happened to be high priest that year. Thus, the leading religious conspirators against Jesus were both related to each other by law. Remember there's a prophecy by Caiaphas. John 18:14. And he spoke this prophecy in John 11:49 to 53. Let me read that to you. John 11:49 to 53. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation should perish not. And this he spake, he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. Basically, this passage said that the high priest prophesied these words. His prophecy was that it was expedient for one man to die for the people rather than risk losing the entire nation. From his point of view, if Jesus was left alone, all people would follow him. Then the Roman occupying forces would come and take away the temple as well as the nationhood. By doing what they did to Jesus, the opposite happened. He was executed, and the Romans came and took the temple and the nation. Yet, in the foreknowledge of God, Jesus was appointed to die for the sins of his nation and all nations, for the sins of his people and for all peoples. So yes, Jesus did die for the people, but the results were far different and better than Caiaphas' expectations. Verse 15 of John 18, in the spirit of humility, John does not name himself in the gospel only, as I've said earlier, he is the disciple whom Jesus loved. And also he's described here as another disciple. In other words, there's Peter, and then there's this other guy, who happens to be John. Both Peter and John followed Jesus all the way to the high priest's house. Apparently, John was known to the high priest and let into the palace to follow Jesus. Peter was outside. He stopped outside John spoke to the young woman who kept the door, and Peter was allowed to come in. But then in verse 17 is his first denial. The young woman at the door looked at Peter and exclaimed, Aren't you one of this man's disciples? Without a moment's hesitation, Peter protested with the words, I am not. Now, the funny thing is, he claims he's not a disciple of Jesus. But what he's doing is what a disciple should be doing. He's following Jesus all the way to the place of... Of danger, so Jesus couldn't stop having Peter follow him if he wanted. Peter was dedicated, a little misguided, but the fact is he was there. And then our final verse for this lesson, John eighteen eighteen, warming by the fire. It was a cold night, so the servants and officers made a fire of coals. They were warming themselves, and Peter did the same. However, being so close to the epicenter of Jerusalem's Jewish power meant. Peter would be closer in the spotlight, thus being identified as one of Jesus' disciples and setting himself up for more denials. But all of this was prophesied by Jesus himself. Now our lesson is called To the High Priest's Palace, and our lesson for life is this. When you watch the gathering dark clouds of the Passion narrative, everything that transpired was meant for our